You know, but then some of the things that I hated, I actually kind of came around like Leia flying like she does. Oh, that's stumped still. No, 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 it makes sense. It could work. I mean, if you can Why pull things it? to you in, um, yeah, in space, she, you know, it's already space, right? She can't keep a little force field of air around her. She's dead. That's the main issue. What, what, what do you mean she's dead? She's what? dead, or she's she's what, Carrie she, Fisher's dead, or no, no, Leia. Oh, but she's like unconscious, and then she wakes up. Well, yeah, because she's like tapping into her latent um, Jedi powers, just like Dougie. It's really the same thing. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Welcome to episode 16 of Twin Ticks, in which we will discuss part 15 of Twin Peaks Season 3, The Return. My name is Kabir. I'm with my David Lynch Sherpa, Garrett. Garrett, how's it going? Going very well. How are you doing, Kabir? Good, good. Uh, uh, not fired up about this episode. No? No, no. Oh, I'm so surprised. Uh, are you surprised? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What were, your, uh, what were your initial thoughts on the episode? I mean, I don't think I don't think you'll be surprised. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was great, powerful, moving, interesting imagery, just uh, fantastic all the way around. What, what were your thoughts? Uh, uh, uninteresting, <laughs> confusing imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to the point that I thought that the intention was to obfuscate the lack of meaning. <laughs> I mean, that's that's possible. I, I won't discount that. Yeah. Sometimes you have flashing lights to convey attention, <laughs> and sometimes you have flashing lights to just uh, distract from the fact that nothing is happening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. People, people fall in love. Hearts are broken. Women crawl across the floor and scream. I don't know. I mean, it kind of check, checks all my boxes. <laughs> oh man. You get a woman crawling on a dirty barroom floor screaming, and Garrett's like, yeah, sign me up for another, for another year of Showtime. You know, it's funny. This was an episode. Um, I remember coming into work and describing it. I think I skipped the whole thing, but I that that part, I was like, yeah, then this woman just starts walking on the floor and just screaming. <laughs> and you were like, what the hell? What is this? I was like, oh, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> So we've come full circle. We've come full circle. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man, should we should we start with the the little sweet moments at the beginning? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, the eye patch lady. Mm-hmm. She's holding her her uh, shovel, her golden shovel. Yep. That she got uh, from uh, Doctor Jacoby. She, she's walking down the street with her shovel. She arrives at uh, her uh, at Ed's gas station. Yeah. Which you told me we haven't seen this really in this season, but you told me that that they are uh, married, but perhaps estranged. In some that's, way. that's true. I guess you would have no idea unless yeah. I told you, right? They've, yeah. they've never appeared together. They've never appeared together. That's no. funny. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, <laughs> you had also told me the backstory that that Ed and uh, the, the eye patch lady, whose name I've forgotten, Nadine. Um, Nadine. Nadine, yes, they had like a Nadine had was kind of abusive and manipulative in the relationship, mm-hmm. and Ed was in love with Norma, mm-hmm. who runs the Double R Diner. Yes, and uh, but he ends up uh, not getting together with Norma because he he feels obligated to be with Nadine, who's kind of insane. Yes, uh, and we definitely see that in this shot. <laughs> she's she she's quite manic. And, yeah, uh, she is manic, huh? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she says, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about myself, and, and, and I've been a selfish bitch, and you've been yeah. a saint. You want to be with Norma, and I love you, and I want to give you the gift of happiness. And so I want you to go and be with Norma. And Ed is like, look, you're going to – you seem crazy right now, yeah. and you need to stop and think about it. And she's like, I thought about it the whole way here while I was walking. Yeah, with my shovel, my golden shovel. My golden shovel. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, if if uh, if Ed is someone who stayed with Nadine because she was a little insane, 
Yeah, I know. This is this is not the behavior of a healthy person. This manic behavior is not yeah, your right. ticket out unless you have decided separately that you're fed up with the relationship anyway. Yeah, I know. She's going to come down off this Jacoby high. I've been comparing Dr. Jacoby, who has this radio show with with Alex Jones, and she has a funny line where she's like, where, where Ed says, uh, you haven't been listening to that Dr. Jacoby, have you? And she's like, yeah, he's the only one who says it like it is. <laughs> Well, you know, it really speaks to him as a member of the fringe media. They have a little hug and, and then uh, mm-hmm. Nadine turns around and swings her golden shovel over her shoulder and marches away. And Ed mm-hmm. is like, yeah, this is it. And so he, he drives over to the diner. He says that he wants to be with uh, Norma. He, he says, you know, I'm finally free from Nadine. And uh, Norma has a really weird reaction, given what happens later. She's like, I can't talk to you right now. This other guy's here. Uh, yeah, the city slicker. The city slicker, yeah. exactly. The carpetbagger uh, come come down from, yeah, the big the big carpet, town. Car- yeah, uh, carpetbagger. He's just a guy who's helping her <laughs> franchise her business. She's making money. Uh, they're also dating. They're also and dating. So, and she, he's also ruining her pies with high fructose corn syrup. Uh, this man is this man is is Bob and Judy in one. I think he. I mean, you know, you you like the populist radio guy. You're against. Just the regular market capitalist. I think uh, your politics are really shining through here. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I believe in the free market. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like organic food too. So sue me. <laughs> so, so they sit down and Ed is sitting there like, oh, I just you know put it all on the line. And the woman I love said no. Which is the reaction that I got too. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. And but she, what she's actually doing is she's telling, she's talking to the city slicker guy and saying, "I want out of the business. I'm exercising my option to leave the contract." For some reason, that also ends their relationship. <laughs> I don't really understand why, but yeah, I don't get that because he just, you know, well, you know, he's he's out of for like the pure greed. <laughs> I guess he's I he's mean, he's banging her for the franchise opportunities. I guess. But they had a contract and they were working together. It's just, it's just, it's just the corporate, you know, stooge <laughs> raping the, the fine townsfolk. You know? So I guess, I guess it's not enough that he's in a lucrative business relationship. He also <laughs> has to have sex with her. Yeah, he has to, he has to just destroy and dominate everything that comes across his path. Yeah. <laughs> this is quite the indictment of free market capitalism. I know, which is funny because <laughs> I am actually really moderate, but you know, whatever. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, uh, so then that guy leaves and Ed is just like, you know, his world is shattered. And then she comes in, uh, and puts his, puts her armor on him and, and then kisses him and, uh, they're happy together. Yeah. They're, so, they're going to get married. They're, he says, uh, will you marry yes, me? And she says, proposes yeah. And she says, yes. You, you've been talking a lot about how the last episode is the best episode of television ever. Yeah. What I'm hoping now for is the second to last episode is the yeah. final showdown between good and evil. And the last episode is mm. the Ed and Norma wedding that we've all been waiting for. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And, you know, you see, like, like Coop is... Uh, is, is he officiating? Who, who, who officiates? Dr. Jacoby? Uh, I don't know. Dr. Jacoby. Dr. Jacoby is there with Nadine and just to show yeah. that everyone's, like, moved on and is happy and supportive. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe a dark Coop shows up and he's oh. like, I object. And everyone's like, oh, no. And then he... And then he uh, <laughs> Pushes back his hair and it's actually regular Coop and he's like just kidding and he sits down. <laughs> Everyone's happy and then uh, and then it cuts. Uh, it's an outdoor wedding, of course. And as the doves are released, the camera pans up to the sky and in the sun you see the face of Laura Palmer. Oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? Smiling down. Yeah, the fireman's the DJ, the the giant. He's got his <laughs> his weird. He's got his weird steampunk. Um... <laughs> Music box thing, record player, just everyone's just <laughs> yeah, dancing yeah. the night away. Yeah, yeah that, good times. While the procession is going on, it cuts to uh, Audrey and, and her, her coma husband, and they're like, we're going to be late for the wedding. And she's like, well, I don't know if I want to go or not. Frog moth and electric tree are like there as couple as a couple. <laughs> yeah. It's just sort of uh, the, end of, uh, the end of Shrek, where... Uh, <laughs> I want, I want, uh, I want Coop to be singing uh, "I'm a Believer" by the Monkees, and all the different characters singing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. I think, yeah, I think you won't be surprised. 
<laughs> All right, I'm going to expect that, and then I'm going to be disappointed when it's not that. Yeah, get ready. It's the best final two minutes, three minutes of television history, definitely. <laughs> so back to our dark reality that we actually live in. Yeah, yeah. We got dark coop. Mm. Um, and in what what becomes, I would say that this is probably the bulk of the episode. Yeah. Uh, in no, I'm I'm going to describe what I think happens, and you feel free to interject with clarifications or explanations of what the metaphor is because it's just a series of visuals that really make very little sense to me yeah okay so dark coop is driving being a badass hear weird electricity sounds and he arrives at the gas station that is the the gas station that is in the town where like evil was born in new mexico right yeah from the nuclear bomb yeah i think that's right yeah he meets this figure they go up the back of the gas station up the stairs and they both kind of of fade away yeah, one of the homeless guys, as we've been calling. Oh, him. okay, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was a homeless guy, but yeah, yeah. okay. And there's there's quite a few homeless guys around. Yeah, they're having a good time. Yeah. Well, um, Dark Coop says he's here. He's looking for Philip Jeffries. Yeah. And there's a homeless guy who flips some sort of big switch. They're walking through, and there's this interesting visual where, like, it's kind of unclear. He's he's both simultaneously in a building and walking through the woods. Yeah, I, I love this shot. I, I I wanted to like it. I just need to know why we're seeing it. I mean, it works for me. When I maybe it's because I saw Twin Peaks at a four minute of age. But I, when I'm in the woods and I am by myself or with a small group of people or something, and it's quiet, and I walk through woods like that, it's eerie to me. It feels uh, peaceful, but still kind of scary. I don't know. Um, so that was the yeah. effect it had on me at like twilight, kind of. So here's what I thought was going on is because the gas station, the real gas station is in front of a forest. Okay. I thought that maybe what was happening was he was walking in like both worlds, both dimensions at the same time. Maybe. Yeah. And so he was walking through the woods in the real world, but was also in like a building in the void world. I think that's, I think, I think that's possible. Yeah. I do think, though, that all things considered, I think Lynch cares more about how these things are supposed to make you feel as opposed to, you know, what we, what we call the Mark Frost uh, <laughs> component, which is the narrative. Um, Mark Frost is like, Mark. all right, well, is it are, are they indoors or are they outdoors? And <laughs> right. just like, it's both, Mark. It's both. Right, right, right. So uh, I think that's I think that's definitely possible and it makes sense. But. When I see when I see shots like that, I I just take it as, you know, what, what's this making me feel when I see yeah. it? Mark Frost hands in the script and it says, uh, "They enter a building. It is it is in the woods." And then David Lynch just crossed it out and changed "in the woods" to, uh, both within and without time and space. And he's like, well, "How am I gonna How am I gonna represent that?" Oh. And the DP's <laughs> like, "How do I like this?" <laughs> And then, yeah, and then the, none of them are on location. And the, and the second unit director is like, who the fuck wrote this? How am I supposed to represent this? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then uh, Kyle McLaughlin shows up in character as Dark Coop. And he's like, let's fucking roll this thing. <laughs> like, Kyle, do you, do you, uh, you want to read in? I don't want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's in character until the they cut the um, the DVD commentary. <laughs> Honestly, Dark Coop's commentary of the first part of this episode, where he's like, "Look at these pathetic humans and their love." It sickens me. Also, she should have t- she should have taken the franchising deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more of a cake person myself. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, so they're walking through both the woods and a building at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like they're outdoors outside of what kind of looks like a motel. It's a motel. And, and you know what? I didn't know this until earlier today. Same hotel in Firewalk with me that Leland goes and sees Laura as a prostitute. Oh, I don't know, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and then some uh, woman shows up. Uh, yeah. Do, do we know who this is? No, no, no. This is... She's, she's she's the on-site property manager for the evil motel. And she says, uh, I'll unlock the door. <laughs> she does. And then she leaves. <laughs> she's credited uh, as busty woman in the <laughs> credits, which is strange. That's very strange. She did not seem busty to me. 
I mean, she was so ethereal and ghostly, I barely made out her figure at all. Uh, and then so uh, he's looking for Jeffries. Um, and this is also very strange because I, we had talked about uh, two parts ago how he wants, he understands that Jeffrey sent Ray to kill him. Yeah. Ray tells him where he is and then he kills Ray. And you get this very, the sense that, that uh, Dark Coop is afraid of or at least against, working against Jeffries. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's going to be a confrontation. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good uh, point. It just looks like they are, I don't know, both otherworldly beings that are just having a chat. Yeah. Um, so Dark Coop goes in. And I was I was thinking to myself like there's no way David Bowie is in this. Oh, uh, were you were you hoping? I mean, that would have been crazy, right? He was dead by the time they filmed it. I'm sure he, he was. Uh, so was you know I just found this out. We'll we'll get to it later. So was uh, the log lady. She actually died in 2015. So they had shot all of her scenes earlier. Uh, oh. So there there was there was you know oh did they shoot David Bowie scenes before he died? Um, they they did not. But we got the next best thing. Uh, the next best thing, yes. When you can't get David Bowie, you get a mystical tea kettle. Yeah, I, I, that's what I've decided that thing looks like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I wrote too. Is uh, <laughs> I wrote there's a tea kettle, uh, and it sort of spouts out mist and smoke. Yeah, um, and it's kind of got the voice of David Bowie, but not really. No, uh, it sounds like him. It sounds like Bowie doing the Southern American Southern accent yeah. that he has in Firewalk with Me. Yeah, uh, and then throughout this entire thing, the lights are flickering significantly, mm. basically to like from pitch black to dim. So it's really hard to see exactly what's going on. But uh, it cuts back to uh, that one scene that David Bowie was in. They're really milking that scene for all it's worth, <laughs> uh, where uh, David Bowie uh, came in and said, I'm not going to talk about Judy. Yeah. And so, so it, it's it's revealed that Dark Coop has the memories of Coop, because real Coop was there. Coop Prime was in that room. Yeah, Coop Prime was definitely in that room. That's a good point. Yeah. And so Dark Coop says, yeah, and he recalls this happening, and he says, "You said you weren't going to talk about Judy. Who is Judy?" Mm. And the tea kettle, David Bowie says, "Oh, so you are Cooper. Hmm. Um, you've already met Judy." And then it's kind of unclear whether or not. Uh, Jeffries, the tea kettle, sent Ray to kill him or not. It's also kind of unclear if Jeffries, the tea kettle, called Dark Coop in part two. Dark Coop says, did you call me? And he says, well, I don't have your number. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which is not really an answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's hard to get straight answers out of this, out of this tea kettle. And this goddamn tea kettle, yeah. And then uh, he says, you've already met Judy. I'll give you her phone number. Yeah. And the tea kettle puffs out the numbers of the phone, yeah, yeah, the phone yeah. number, which is a weird. It was it was it was like a weirdly cartoonish. It really pulled me out of the out of the menacing weirdness. To just be, it was just silly. It's like what you would see in like a Disney movie. I mean, it's really strange. Well, I, I don't know about a Disney movie. Maybe like the like the weird trip the light fantastic Fantasia scene. Maybe, uh, but but I mean, I thought uh, it was still. It's still. It's it's. There's nothing cute about it. But yeah, you're right. There's nothing really menacing. It's just really. No, I think I think smoke smoke producing <laughs> a phone number is seemed very silly to me. Yeah, it, it's weird. Anyway, so uh, the Jeffries tea kettle gives um, gives the phone number and then starts to disappear and then uh, and the phone starts ringing, uh, the motel phone, and then uh, a classic, a, a huge ripoff of the Matrix here. He picks up the phone. I didn't even think about that. He picks up the phone and it pulls him back into reality. <laughs> and he's at the phone booth outside of the gas station. That's yeah. how they get back to the real world in the Matrix. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about it. Bullshit, man. Wow. And um, can you imagine if Dark Coop just started flying? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, um, now what's this guy's name again? Uh, Richard, Richard. That's right. Richard. Yeah. Uh, I was getting confused with Ray. So Richard is there. Um, I guess he followed him, huh? This, this yeah. kind of, this kind of bothered me. Cause how did he get that He here? followed him? So it's our coop. Basically you would presume made a beeline for wherever this gas station is yeah. right from the, uh, the, I don't know, uh, arm wrestling fight club for lack of a better. Right description of his new organization and uh richard had come in and seen the fight and then followed him 
we realize that he followed him because he thinks that he's Coop Prime. He thinks he's an FBI agent. Right. And he pulls out uh, a gun and is like, I know who you are. He's not phased by the fact that Dark Coop just appeared in a in a phone booth. Or maybe he just showed up at that exact moment. I don't know. That's true. But he points at a gun at him. Uh, and uh, just just like any time anyone threatens Dark Coop, I was like, oh, poor Richard. This is not going to end well oh, for you. Oh, hell no. But Dark Coop uh, walks towards him. And Richard's like, hey, don't come any closer. Dark Coop has this sick move where he spits on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Richard's like eye is drawn to the spit, and then he disarms him and like just totally owns him. Yeah, and uh, and then he says, "Get in the truck. I'll explain everything." Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And this lends some credence to your theory. I know, uh, I know. And, it's uh, not really my theory. It's I, I ripped it off from the internet. Yeah. Okay. He he says he says I'm uh, Audrey's son, mm-hmm. and that kind of get dark gets Dark Coop's attention mm-hmm. because because. Was it Bob had? I think. I think you said the theory was that presumably Bob had raped Audrey. The theory. So all we know is someone saw Bob in the form of Dark Coop exit out of Audrey's room at the hospital. So that's all we know. So people say, "Oh, he raped her." And Richard's the son of, which is why he's so evil. I don't know, but yeah, the the way they react, right, when he hears that he's Audrey's son is strange like there's a bit of recognition there like, yeah and something. the whole like i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you up but get in the car and i'll explain things is yeah dark coop is usually not so charitable to people that threaten him yeah and he's like and maybe we'll have a catch later you know <laughs> i'll show you how to throw a throw a knuckleball cats in the cradle starts playing <laughs> yeah yeah um and then, then right after they leave um the gas station kind of disappears yeah. Uh, to a puff of smoke and electricity. Mm-hmm. Series wrap on the gas station, I guess. <laughs> um, now we get to another strange scene. This is, is this Amanda Seyfried? No, it's not. This is a different woman. This is the mistress. The mistress. Okay. So it's the drug dealer husband of Amanda Seyfried. Uh, uh, yeah. The drug addict, I, I guess. Drug addict. Just yeah, so yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. Um, Stephen. Okay, yeah. And uh, and yeah, I guess the woman that he uh, cheated on Amanda Seyfried with, yeah, are in the woods and they're freaking out. And my thought, my thought on this was like, I think they both do. It feels like a very poignant scene, but uh, I just I, I have so little context and information for these characters that I just don't care. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. This is the third time we've seen them. Uh, it's only uh, the, uh, the first time I've seen the mistress, right? Maybe the second time. This is the I second think. time. We've only seen this woman with him when Amanda Seyfried went to... Went to the, his apartment. Uh, his apartment, yeah, and shot through the door. And then she's just cowering. The mistress's apartment, right? Yes, uh, yes, that's right. Um, and um, she's cowering downstairs with him. Yeah. And so they apparently have a very serious emotional relationship, it seems. Yeah. Uh, Steven is freaking out and he's got a gun with him and she's trying to, she's weeping and she's, and he keeps saying things. I, I, I don't think anything was significant. Um, he's like, you know, when I die, will I be lightning? Will I be turquoise? Well, we all want to know. <laughs> yeah, right. And she's like crying and like trying to comfort him, but also like clearly high as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a guy's walking his dog. And you know who that, that guy is? No, who's the oh, who is this? Guess, guess. Uh, I want you. I want to see if you can guess. Is he uh, in terms of the actor or the character? The actor. Oh, uh, is he is he in Twin Peaks so far? In a sense, he, yes. we've not seen him. We have not seen him yet. <laughs> that's the most. That's the most Twin Peaks. <laughs> It'll make sense when I tell you who it is. Should I just tell you? <laughs> have you seen this character before? Well, deep down, you've always known him. Oh, you have no idea. I can't wait to reveal it. In five is that seconds. is that Mark Frost? It's Mark Frost. Yeah, I can tell by how how bland he was. <laughs> Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's walking his dog. <laughs> I'm sure. He looks like he's been up all night trying to turn Lynch's mad ravings into something sensible, right? I think he he got confused and wandered onto the set and was like, (laughs) and the reason he stares, so he's like, so the character walks up, is walking his dog, sees these people and just like freaks out and runs away. Maybe this was like Mark Frost was like taking a break from the set, was walking his dog, 
And David Lynch had just been like, you know what, Mark's not here. Let's shoot this really weird scene. And Mark comes up and he's like, I didn't write the scene. Who, who are these people? What are they doing? Yeah. yeah. Stephen can't die now. I've written him a whole a whole character progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's going back to school. He has a whole redemption arc in the mix. <laughs> Why does he have a gun? Is he going to kill himself? Fuck this. Then he walks away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically what happens is, he, he, he gets scared. They get scared. The woman runs around the corner and hides behind a tree. And and the dog walker, Mark Frost, leaves. Uh, and then you we only focus on the woman. And you hear the gunshot. Presumably, Stephen has killed himself. Mm. And she has a really like emotional reaction. And mm. it, it's a shame because I think they both did a really good job. Yeah, no, they did. Yeah, good actors. Uh, yeah, and especially her, given that she, I mean, I don't even know her name. Um, you know, I recognize her. I, I don't know where she's from, but I recognize that actress. It's really all for naught because, I mean, Steven is at best like a fourth level character. Oh, is that? Yeah. And he's and, a, he's a terrible person too. I mean, he was yeah quasi abusive with. Yeah. And then uh, the mistress, we don't even know the character's name. It's like she doesn't, you know, matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean. You know, fine. I guess this happened. That's cool. But it reminds me of um, when the property was it the property brother uh, talks about his fatherhood, or his father. Yeah, yeah, as a yeah. Child. Giving him a bike or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like cool, good monologue, but whatever. <laughs> no, that that. that, that <laughs> I don't want to digress on that too much, but no, that that I think that whole that whole sequence is about like fatherhood and and childhood and stuff and being a parent, and I think that's why he brings that up. But this, I don't know. Maybe it's 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 blowback from the Amanda Seyfried shots earlier. That's why he's losing his mind with the gun because he found out. She, you know, his wife found out that he's cheating on her. I, I don't know. You know, he wants to kill himself. Uh, so um, now we cut to uh, the Bang Bang Bar. Yeah, it's James and the British guy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> British guy with the the powerful uh, garden glove. <laughs> Uh, God, I love this show. I love this show. So dumb. Oh, I love it. I love it. And uh, so James goes up to. Do we know who Renee is? She was in one of these. <laughs> she was one one of these end of episode nonsensical discussions um, at the the Roadhouse, the Bang Bang Bar. Okay, was she? So we saw James earlier. And I remember one of the women was looking at James like kind of lovingly. Yeah. Maybe it was her. Maybe they like dated in the past or something. Uh, something like that. Yeah. And, and I remember I, the only thing I remember about her is us discussing her and me telling you she has a Wikipedia, a Twin Peaks Wikipedia um, article on her. And it's because of this scene. So. Okay. So uh, Renee is there. James comes up and is like, Hey Renee, like he says something very like very normal. It's like good to see you. Yeah. Her her husband or boyfriend or whatever freaks out and is like, "What'd you say to her? Hey man, shut the fuck up!" And he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, man. I just wanted to say hello." And the guy just goes off and attacks James. Yeah. Of course, we all know it's coming. Twin Peaks Avengers Assemble. That's right. Uh, You know, Captain Green Thumb over here is gonna beat the shit out of him with his gardening glove. Yeah, with the um, kick-ass special uh, sound design. Yeah, play. so uh, you'll be pleased to hear I have a clip for us. Oh, awesome. So uh, uh, ZZ Top is playing in the background. Which is pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And it's also the way that it's, it's introduced. There's this random uh, guy, that, uh, like the, this guy at the Bang Bang Bar. Yeah, we haven't talked about him. He's kind of like the MC of the Roadhouse. He, he's introduced... Yeah. Um, Nine Inch Nails. He introduced yeah. somebody else, and now he's he's playing uh, ZZ. He's Tom. a really goofy guy that does not belong. Probably like the third minority in all of the entire show. <laughs> That's uh, true. Yeah. African American. Yeah, and he's like, he's got this really funny, like, uh, noise meter. And he's yeah, like, yeah. we're going to play some ZZ Top. And everyone like, you know, is is uh, cheering and clapping. And he very slowly turns the noise meter past 10 up into the red zone. And yeah, just leaves yeah. it there. It's and starts funny. dancing. He has kind of yeah, a funny yeah. dance, like an old yeah. guy kind of goofy it's, dance. Yeah. If if this is supposed to be like the 
the suburban like cool like kids like dive bar hangout it's so weird that this guy's there yeah that <laughs> makes no sense no this is yeah that's that's yeah. this guy should be hosting you know david lynch's jazz club in <laughs> paris not not this thing but you know whatever exactly so uh basically what happens is zz top is playing and they get into this fight and i've i've got a bit of it where uh garden glove guy he punches two guys that are beating up james and it's almost like a like a gunshot sound yeah, yeah well. it's really over the top so i'm gonna play this Oi! you better stop this fuck you punk uh hell yeah so it is uh a very um it's a crazy reverberating gunshot noise and it also fucks with like the sound playback uh of the song which is pretty interesting what do you mean i, I did notice oh there's a bit of like a reverb after yeah that, huh? exactly exactly oh yeah yeah interesting um but yeah That's it's fun. it's it's straight out of like last time i compared him to uh, uh an evil guy on the flash or one of these cw superhero mm-hmm. shows yeah yeah uh, it's got that same sort of like like he's got this you know he's got a super glove exactly, and every time he yeah. punches it breaks the sound barrier that's what's happening yeah you're right no you're absolutely right i think that's what's, what it's supposed to be that's so uh, dumb this guy really <laughs> bothered me so this guy's i mean you know he's here for, he's here for a reason he's gonna come back uh, this guy really bothered me in the original show. In fact, when people criticize season three, like critics yeah. and stuff, this this is one of the things that they really latch on to. But course. I, I mean, it's like Dragon Ball Z in the middle of, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> a, a, a show about abuse, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but no, I think it's just like Lynch. <laughs> how, do you, how do you combat pure evil? Is it with, you know, truth? <laughs> You know, forgiveness, <laughs> self-understanding. No, it's with a real badass glove. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think he is making. I think it's a spoof of superhero films. I think that's exactly what it is. I think that's the whole point of this guy. That's what I've decided. <laughs> I really hate it. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's it's completely insane. It's yeah. totally insane. Uh, so he punches these two guys. <laughs> Uh, they appear to have like uh, some sort of like uh, brain hemorrhage or something. Yeah, well, so that's also like a weird juxtaposition because it has the kind of cartoony gunshot punch to the face, but then the after effects are very real. You know, it's not yeah, you know, like you're like, talking about like like that that CW show. The guy would fall backwards into a table, yeah, and then get up and you know be dazed and leave. Right, like right, they would yeah. it would be like the A team. You know, nobody dies. You see people, you know, a, a car flip over, but people climb out of the car. Yeah. Um, these people are probably brain dead, really. Yeah. And they don't, um, they don't bleed that much. Uh, no. It's just like, it's like a foam. I think it's like, yeah, some sort of massive concussion or, or aneurysm or, or, you know, brain trauma of, of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they get arrested. <laughs> Uh, they go to, I guess, Twin Peaks finest are back from their night hike. <laughs> they go to, uh, they get arrested. They go to jail. Now they're in the same jail with Chad, with the weird drunk guy, with the blind <laughs> woman. It's like a, just a weird, like, I don't know. I mean, who's who the... of like supernatural beings are all hanging out in. And Chad. <laughs> and Chad. It's, you know, it's Friday night, drunk tank in Twin Peaks. This is like the comedy spinoff of Twin Peaks, uh, the, the Twin Peaks Night Court. That's what we're seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who was, you know, which case you want to try first, the hooker or the, uh, the blind woman from the void? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take the zombie guy who sounds like a chimp. <laughs> I'll take the guy with the magic glove who for some reason we didn't try to take off his glove when we put him in jail he still has oh, his glove I know. I know that's that can't be good right he can, he can just punch out out. Bars. Yeah. also why do they arrest uh, James any any person would say that it wasn't his fault oh yeah that didn't make sense to me I mean there's no I, I you know I complain about due process all the time in Twin Peaks <laughs> there clearly is none but it, it's certainly not his fault that 
that they're there. I mean, they can hold them for 24 hours, right? Isn't that the whole, the whole thing? Uh, I guess. That, that's What's what all these cop shows have taught me. <laughs> you know? You're coming uh, downtown. I don't know who the public defender in Twin Peaks is going to have his hands full. <laughs> I don't even know who it would be. Probably Dr. Jacoby. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has a law degree for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's Dr. Jacoby JD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have a little. Um, we have a little, a quick Dougie scene. Yeah, quick, important though. Yeah, Dougie uh, seems despondent to me. Yeah, he does, huh? Um, he's eating some cake. By, by the way, I, I got to comment on this cake eating. Did you notice how he was eating that cake? He cuts down on the piece. Yeah. Brings the fork. So now there's a a bite of cake severed from the rest of the, the slice. Yeah. Instead of just scooping it up in the same motion, he brings the fork to the other side of the of the bite and kind of has the bite fall onto the fork and then eat it. Well, this is, so Garrett, this is how we know that you're not uh, a man of, of means and high culture. That's bizarre. Is that is that how people eat? That's how you're supposed to eat. Is that is that like the proper way to eat cake? Yes. You uh, not not know any food. You're supposed to scoop from the edge of the plate towards the center of the plate. Oh, I, I found it very because, disconcerting. Uh, because if you scoop away from the plate, there's a chance that it will spill onto you. Mm, okay. Yeah. Wow. So you're just a you're just a filthy animal. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a populace like you has never even had cake before. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just just blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's eating his cake. Um, he keeps pressing on the uh, remote to no effect, uh, and then he finally presses the power button. It turns on the TV, and he's like, "Whoa, shit!" And it's an old timey movie. Yeah. Uh, which this is a little thing that bothers me. I feel like a lot in TV in general, in TV shows in general, when people turn on TVs, there it's often like old timey movies. Hmm. The chance of you in 2017 turning on a TV and it being a black and white movie is like nil. I don't know. What it's is Turner Classic Movies not a thing anymore? That's the only channel that that would happen on. Well, maybe that's what he's it's tuned to. That's so unlikely. You think Naomi Watts watches Turner Classic movies? When I had basic cable, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not most people. <laughs> That's true. That's maybe maybe uh, most people that watch uh, Twin Peaks, you know, watch Turner Classic movies, and this is comforting for them. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you know that film. That film is Sunset Boulevard. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is a classic uh, film. So, so maybe... then, is this line? Yeah, yeah. That's and so that's where. Um, Lynch actually got the idea for the name. Oh, well, that's kind of cool then, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to complain about this, but then uh, that's kind of oh. funny. All right, oh. so he's watching Sunset Boulevard, and and uh, the character says, get me Gordon Cole. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dougie freaks out. Yeah. Because uh, that's the name of his boss, and he jams on the remote to pause it somehow, because I, I guess he has TiVo that he can just pause TV like that. <laughs> um, but he does somehow manage to do that. And then, uh, and then he hears the sound of electricity coming from the power outlet. Yeah. And in my head, he he starts crawling towards the thing, and I was like, at least he didn't at least he didn't bring his fork with him. But that's exactly what he did do. Oh, that's funny you thought that. And Dougie's going to stick the fork into the electric socket because that's what functioning adults do. That's what, um, that's what Dougie does. Yeah. Yeah, and he. Uh, it's funny. He, he tries to put it in the, the, the prong first. It doesn't fit. And he's like, oh, like, I'll figure this out. And then he puts it in butt first <laughs> and electrocutes himself. And uh, the power goes out. Naomi Watts screams. Uh, and so we don't know the fate of Dougie. Yeah, that might be the end. I think it's just the beginning. Mm. <laughs> uh, cut to uh, Log Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Log lady uh, calls Hawk, and he says she says a couple times that she's dying. Yeah, and uh, she says a few other things, kind of cryptic. One thing that jumped out at me is Deputy Sheriff Hawk has built a lot of his casework and investigations on the log lady's prophecies. Mm-hmm. 
why doesn't he get out a pad and paper when she calls? Yeah, that's a good point. He just listens to her random ramblings and he's like, oh, I'll remember. Yeah, that's true. That's, you know, I mean, that's why he's the deputy sheriff. He's not sheriff. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so she says that she's dying. He says goodbye. And there's a nice little moment where all the, all the police officers gather in the conference room. Yeah. Weirdly, the sheriff is sitting alone in the conference room <laughs> with one light illuminating him. It's so weird because it's it's bizarre. It's also we see his laptop at one point and he's got no work on his laptop. Oh no no, do you see what he's looking at? What is it? It's like pictures of fish. It's like trout. Oh, I thought that was just his desktop background. No, I think I think it's like He's just looking at a fish? Like at a fish, yeah. I think it's supposed to be kind of funny. And he's not in his office. He has an office. Yeah. So he goes to the conference room and just sits there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, what's going on, guys? And they say, Well, Hawk told us to come in. Then Hawk says, uh, what's the log lady's real name? Margaret, right? Yeah, Margaret. Yeah, it was Margaret. Uh, Margaret died tonight. Yeah. Which, look, I mean, yeah, she's a mystical lady. She calls, she says she's dying. He doesn't know she died. <laughs> <laughs> no, they knew. Come on. They, they knew through the, you know, the, the electricity fields covering Twin Peaks. It's like, it's like people dying on Alderaan. Like, we know. She's going. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, you're a police officer. Your friend calls you and says, I'm dying. A couple times that phone call, and you're just like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> I mean, this is really more of a tri- – it's more of a tribute to the actress. I mean, she's – I know, I know, I know, but it's just <laughs> – that's true. He should have called nine one one. He has I an mean, obligation to 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 send someone out there. I mean, these are your public servants, Twin Peaks. I don't know. Sounds like that sheriff sheriff needs to go for a vote. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, he only has the job because his brother used to be sheriff. That's true, right? The yeah. the nepotism in this town is just That's right. out of control. <laughs> She calls, she says, Hawk, I'm dying. And he says, all right, time of death, 12.15 a.m. <laughs> Your log's gold? All right, well, bag it and put it in evidence. So uh, she dies, um, presumably. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back to the, um, the coma dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Audrey. And uh, Charlie. And I got to say, I'm on Team Charlie. I'm fed up with Audrey. (laughs) I get it, Charlie. All right. Obviously, this is like a coma. And Charlie is some sort of weird manifestation of whatever subconscious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She says, if you remember from, I don't know, three parts ago, two parts ago, um, she wanted to go out to look for Billy. And and she was like, by the way, I'm in love with Billy. And then Charlie's like, I'm your husband. And she's like, well, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And then he's like, all right, let's go. And then she's like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to go. So now they're at the door. Charlie's got his coat on. Yeah. And she's like, Charlie, why do you always complain? And he's like, look, I got my coat on. Do you want to go or do you not want to go? And she's like, you just do this every time. Why can't you just be nice? Why are you so mean? And he's like, look, are we going or not? <laughs> uh, and then she's like, you know what? I look at you and you're a different person. That's why I'm in love with Billy. Billy talks to me a certain way and you talk to me a certain way. And he's like, yeah, I'm not Billy. I'm Charlie. Uh, do you want me to take my coat off? What, what, what are we doing here? You're the one that wanted to go. I am totally on Team Charlie. No, no, no. She's being insane. Well, yeah, and then, that's and the then finally, point. And then finally, uh, she, uh, he's, like, he's like, look, do you want me to take, I'm two seconds away from taking off my coat. And she's like, why can't you be more supportive? And he's like, all right. The coat's coming off. And then she charges him and starts choking him. Yeah, yeah. I know that. That's a little extreme. It's quite extreme. Uh, she's being very irrational. And he's just like, look, I'm a tired guy. I work all day. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. I kind of feel bad for Charlie, huh? And the whole job, the whole task is to go out and look for her. Her lover. Uh, her lover, yeah. Uh, he's a saint for even putting on his coat. <laughs> this is what, you know, Charlie married this woman way out of his league. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is what happens. I guess. I guess. Buyer beware. Yeah. That doesn't really apply. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you would say after after that, right? 
<laughs> it kind of makes sense, I guess. The um, yeah, you know what? I, I'm kind of coming around. I'm kind of on Team Charlie. Yeah, he's he's the voice of reason here. Yeah, he's he's trying to help her out. Uh, all right. Now <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we get to um, uh, the Bang Bang Bar again. Yeah, yeah. Our second visit, and um, yeah, yeah, it's strange, right? There's a yeah, there's a there's a band uh, playing. Pretty good rock band playing. I enjoyed the music. Yeah, I guess they're called the Veils. Mm, okay. Uh, there's a uh, a girl sitting at the booth, mm-hmm. and uh, these two uh, you know motorcycle tough types mm-hmm. uh, show up, and they look at her, and she's like, "I'm waiting for someone." And they're like, "Huh?" And I thought at first they were going to like attack her or something. Yeah, I know. I think that's the intention. I think you're supposed to think that. Yeah, you know. but what they do is actually pretty funny. They pick her up. And they sit her on the ground. Yeah. They They just wanted the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of ignore her. Yeah. Um, Which I guess is kind of the point of this whole scene is that she's sitting on the ground kind of cross-legged. Yeah, they just kind of treat her like nothing, I think, is the idea. It's just kind of like, you know, oh, well, whatever. Just get out of our way kind of thing. Yeah. And then uh, she's sitting on the ground for a while. uh, And then she starts crawling onto the dance floor. Mm Mm-hmm. People are walking around her, and then she gets to a certain point, and then she just starts screaming. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, powerful. Uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's it. I did not feel uh, that that was very powerful. I thought it was just weird. It's bizarre. I mean, it's it's really bizarre. Like, what does that mean? I, I don't know. It's quite bizarre, but but. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It felt just like weirdness for weirdness' sake. I mean, you know, that's that's the charge that everyone. One made. of the one of the producers' daughters was like, "Have to be in the show," and they're like, "Well, <laughs> she's not very charismatic on screen, but she can scream. So let's just have her crawl around and scream, and it'll just be kind of like a weird thing." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. But I liked it. Uh, yeah, it, it well, affected me. It did not affect me, <laughs> not even a little. Uh, what was your, uh, what was your, what were your, what were your thoughts on the episode? What was your rating? Oh, oh, so I, I can tell. Did you wait? Did you wait until the end? Did you watch all the all the um, credits? Because there's one more shot. Are you playing? Uh, oh, there's a shot of um, what was it? It was a gas station, right? At that motel, the busty woman. She's just kind of hanging out in front of the motel for the David. Oh, Boyd. that was the motel. Oh, motel, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see the woman. Um, it was a still shot, and I, I was like, I'm not going to watch this for for three minutes. So I, <laughs> I, I scrubbed a little bit ahead, and I was like, yeah, it just kind of stays the same. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's so funny. It's so funny how we experience the show. Me, you know, before I start it, you know, I make sure all the lights are off. I get my um, 20-foot headphone extension that I plug into my TV. <laughs> so, you know, I'm fully immersed in the show. Uh, and you're just scrubbing over the last two minutes. How dare you? I mean... This look, is art. I can't... Uh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> it's it, To sit and stare at what is probably most likely a still frame, uh, it's just not worth it. Mm, fair enough yeah. uh man you know i really wrestled with this episode mm-hmm. this is a damn good episode damn good um i thought a lot of interesting plot a lot of interesting visuals yeah i, I got i gotta go a i gotta go a there's not a lot of tv a. better than this yeah i'm going a wow really yeah yeah that's uh, that's surprising to me. You know, honestly, I felt like a because you know, obviously, we think about this before we start. And I told myself, if Kabir convinces me, you know, if he reveals Dougie got raped at some point in the uh, episode, I'll <laughs> I'll downgrade it, downgrade it to an A minus. But uh, I feel like we failed. <laughs> Dougie got electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm okay. With that. I, I can I can I can handle that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So oh, yeah, A A for me. Uh, love, love every second of it. Really? All right. I mean, I uh, I disagree. I thought it was 
truly one of the the weaker episodes. Mm. Um, the, the the dying woman who's actually dying talking about death. That's not a. I mean, that woman was was she she dies a month later. She's she's talking yeah, about her own death yeah. in that scene. I, that's true, but I mean, I mean, that's uh, that's that's something else. Yeah, fine. I mean, I'm I'm sure you know diehard fans love to see you know her her final scene, but it didn't really serve the plot. So you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I mean. Uh, the dark hoop stuff was all just so confusing. T kettle, David Bowie. No, D minus. I can't. <laughs> I thought, honestly, I thought you were going to go F. I don't know. I mean, there's a little bit of plot, you know, the, the, you know, we've got all these characters now in the jail cell together. That's going to lead to something. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you can feel it building. I mean, we, we really, we have uh, three, three episodes left to wrap yeah. this whole, this whole thing up. Even though I know he's not dead. The chance that Dougie might be dead is, is amazing to me. <laughs> so, uh so yeah I, i'd say d minus all right what did uh what did the av club say you know they um they went a minus they took issue with the british guy you know it wasn't really clear what they disliked about the episode they are worried you know it's you know you watch this stuff fresh it doesn't it makes no sense you know you watch it two and a half years later it still doesn't make any sense but yeah. It makes you feel, and that's what I'm here for. You know what speaks to how little happened in this episode? Mm. But usually we record for like two hours. I know. I, I, I noticed that, yeah. It's been, a, it's been an hour, and we had just had a clean ending. <laughs> well, it'll be easy edit. Yeah.